listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome to episode 72, Devil in the Details. Yeah, and today we're going to be discussing portrayals of the devil, Lucifer, Samael, whatever you want to call him, in horror movies and uh, TV shows as well. Yes. Uh, So that's going to be pretty cool. Basically, the whole show is going to be dedicated to that topic so we've got some uh, pretty cool movies lined up but uh first as always we do have to give a shout out to our gracious host network sports radio detroit and you can find them on twitter facebook and instagram just look up srd sports radio detroit that's srd sports radio detroit not detroit sports radio exactly guys so check them out you can uh, see all of the other awesome shows on the network and uh, we are going to just take a very brief break for a sponsored message, so stick around. Here at Grave Discussions, we know that addiction can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Detox Helpline help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol. Call the addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They're always available for you. And if you have private insurance, they specialize in finding you the right treatment. Give them a call at 1-800-213-9257. That is 800-213-9257. All right, Samael. So a lot, as always, has been going on in the world of horror since our last episode. And uh, we've actually gotten a ton of awesome trailers. Uh, We couldn't quite, you know, fit them all into this episode but we've got some highlights first however is uh this morsel of news james wan at it again (laughs) this fucker (laughs) he's coming back now to produce and i know what you did last summer pilot for amazon yeah i heard about this like about a week or so ago i did not know how i felt because you need freddie prince jr you need sarah michelle geller and you need that typical bubbly teenage cast not to mention jennifer love huge tits (laughs) yes but like you need that those guys are the spirit of the 1990s and with how annoying teenagers and people are in movies nowadays like i don't know what to expect with this one especially now since james wan's hopping on like the hey let's do this train Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i will say this much all of those like scream ripoff movies from the 2000s they couldn't really do it like scream like scream essentially is so special because it was kind of the original yeah right so even now with the tv series arguably not as good as the the movies obviously but still holds that kind of weight like even in modern day it's relevant you know what i mean yeah and it's and typically received as good but like i know what you did last summer those sequels yeah all right they were not good no really and i'm a little worried about them trying to bring it back modern day now so yeah you're right i mean teenagers now kind of suck yeah i don't know if it's gonna be that interesting it it was cool with screaming i know what you did last summer or whatever because it was like the 90s slash early 2000s when people were generally like i don't know likable in an era where everyone was kind of likable even if they were douchebags yeah like nowadays like everyone's extremely unlikable i hate seeing teenagers uh in tv shows nowadays yeah and i'm ecstatic when they all die i mean you're not wrong i'm (laughs) right (laughs) so yeah guys be on the lookout for that once we have more information we'll let you know of course and uh this next article stupid oh man i hate you all of you yeah fuck off so basically there was a petition started to move halloween to the final saturday in october why uh, and like over a hundred thousand people have already signed it or something that's like nothing that is nothing well it's enough for people to look at it and stuff but 
I, I don't really think people are gonna do that man like hallmark would never allow it first of all yeah <laughs> that's like a lot of their money i'm sure i don't know dude and all the fucking candy companies and everything like it would fuck everything up really first of all it's always been the 31st of october and like culturally traditionally religiously for the pagans yeah and it's i guess the reasoning is that it's safer it's going to be better for like the kids or whatever because you know it might not fall on a week day where they have to do it like right after school or something or i don't know dude. that was the most fun even like going to school dressed as exactly vampires and frankenstein so many generations of kids have had to do it exactly like that so your kids can do it too like chill out yeah, stop, respect stop. the tradition i'm being pussies exactly. about everything all right relax there's things you have to fight for and there's stuff like yeah i'm offended that halloween's not on your weekend like eat a dick no one cares about your fucking trivial bullshit i mean it it's like this for a reason it was started like this with Samhain and everything yeah so i mean it's it's tradition and nobody's asking to move christmas or anything like that either yeah even though and christmas is another story right not even the right day (laughs) yeah well exactly right so it's like we could but halloween not really yeah because it's always been october 31st right so anyway that's all i have to say about that it's uh, pretty dumb it's the 31 days of halloween first of all you know i don't know let us know what you think about that story guys but personally not a fan yeah fuck off next up uh, also halloween related news Going back to Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, there's a new bit of news that was kind of left out of the initial report. Yeah. So, Nick Castle confirms that he is returning as Michael in Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, but he's probably only returning for another small cameo because it's already been confirmed that James Jude Courtney is going to be returning as The Shape. Yeah, I read that and I was like, hmm, it's it's got to be like a cameo you know, appearance just to please everybody because there's no way that they would use both of them. As we kind of discussed, you know, it'd be weird for like, I don't know, them to (laughs) pull like double duty, basically. I mean, still even Nick Castle's like five inches shorter than James Jude Cormier. I'm sure with boots and lifts, he can be his height, you know, without james jude courtney having boots on but like... You shouldn't have to do that just for fan service though, honestly. Like, I'm all for it sometimes, but... Maybe they're like trying to do it as like an Easter egg. Like find Nick Castle in like 15 years and people be like, hey, do you know the original Michael was in this movie and in this movie? They're like, no way, yeah. where? Right here for this one scene. I mean, I know you'd be super into that into that whole thing. So yeah, it, it would be cool. I mean, I guess that's probably what they're going to do anyway. Like you might be able to distinguish Nick Castle right away. Oh yeah. But some people might not. So it'd be kind of a cool thing to talk about. But yeah, it's... It's interesting. I'm I'm here for it. You know, it happened already. Might as well keep it going. So we've got a few trailers here, guys, and then we're going to get into our very first official segment. These trailers all, I think, look pretty sweet this week. I agree. I'm actually really excited about this first one. Uh, this is for the new Robert Eggers uh, film, the follow-up to The Vivitch, <laughs> The Lighthouse. Starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, you wanted to see Willem Dafoe in like some crazy ass role. Yeah. In a horror movie. So here you go. We already saw him in a normal role in Antichrist. You know, he wasn't really the crazy person. Now his voice is all scraggly and him and Robert Pattinson are choking each other and screaming at each other in the trailer. Bro, Robert Pattinson is so underrated because of the Twilight movies that people like overlook it. But I'm glad now that he's stepping into like the independent horror world. Where, like, he made his money off of Twilight, and now he actually wants to, like, act where he can show his skills. Because, like, you know, Twilight was this teenager drama that came out when we were in, like, early high school days, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, all the teenage girls like that and whatever. But his ability to shine was not shown, and that's what I didn't like in those movies. And now he's having, like, this existential role, I want to say, like, it seems like. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see, man. I, I hope. He does good because he's going to do good. He's even going to do good as Batman and people are going to be shocked. I think so too, man. Honestly, like I've been kind of touting his praises, you know, recently because he's been in a bunch of A24 stuff. Yeah. Uh, He was in like good time. He was great in that movie. I haven't seen it yet, but high life where he's like the astronaut or whatever looked good. I'm sure he 
gave a good performance in that. So he's underrated, man. He's always going to be underrated because his name is going to be attached to Twilight. Well, is that Edward Cullen? Yeah, right. You know what'd be cool if he came back? Listen to me, Edward. Listen, Hollywood. If you're listening, bring him back right as a vampire, but as like a cool ass vampire, <laughs> like one of those demonic vampires from like the Lost Boys mm-hmm. and Fright Night. I can, I can get behind that. We're getting a little off topic. <laughs> no, that would be fire for sure. But uh, yeah, the lighthouse looks sweet. If you guys aren't familiar, it's actually shot on 35 millimeter black and white stock. So it's like authentic black and white. And it's uh, shot in an aspect ratio actually contemporary to like, I think it's the 20s or 30s or 40s or something like that. And so it's got that authentic feeling because it actually takes place in the 1890s. So they have this like weird, like New England accent. You know, I'm sure you noticed it. Oh, yeah, from William especially. Yeah. And it's got that almost cube like uh, aspect ratio. So it's going to be really interesting. The trailer looked sick. And uh, I'm really excited about this movie. It's coming out October 18th in limited theaters. Hopefully, we can find one of them in Michigan. I hope so, man. I'll, I'll go to it immediately. If not, then I'm pirating it. <laughs> no, I'll buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray like I always mm-hmm. do for every damn release that's been released. Yeah, I think uh, Robert Eggers is going to show up. So uh, I'm I'm going to do the same thing. I think it'll be worth a buy. This next uh, movie also actually looks very good in my opinion. It's kind of an indie hit. It's called Tigers Are Not Afraid. Seemed uh, more like a fantasy crime drama than a... Uh... Yeah. horror movies so. I, I did see those horror elements in there it though, seemed honestly sure. it felt like a del toro movie yeah that's it's kind of been compared to like early del toro stuff like devil's like, backbone exactly which you gotta watch i did oh you did, did i you watched li- it yesterday did you like it that shit was not what i expected <laughs> but it was good right yeah that shit was really good yeah depressing but mm-hmm. good yeah it was very dark like that and pan's labyrinth are kind of companion pieces but i digress Tigers Are Not Afraid kind of has that same style, follows this group of uh, orphans uh, whose parents were all killed by like drug cartels in Mexico. And basically they come across the ability to, to wish for any three things they want. And so it kind of follows their, their journey as they try to survive. It looks uh, very creative, probably very depressing as well. Yeah, it seems like one of those, just like Devil's Backbone. It... It really has that Del Toro feel, yo. Yeah, for sure. I want to see what he says about this movie. But, I mean, apparently it did receive praise from him and Stephen King. Oh, yeah, then I knew Del Toro would love this shit. Yeah, exactly. So be on the lookout for this one, guys. Directed by, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name, but Issa Lopez. And, uh, yeah, August 23rd in limited theaters. The last one is probably the most blockbuster horror movie on this list. The new Blumhouse production, The Hunt. And Ike Barinholtz from Mad TV is in it. Yeah. I actually, I like that guy, man. I like him too, but I just haven't seen him in anything in forever. You got to watch the new Twilight Zone. He's actually in one of the episodes. Okay. And he has a good role. He's uh, he's sick. I've been missing it. Yeah. (laughs) But also, dude, Dennis from It's Always Sunny. I noticed. one of the He's one of the one percenters, yeah. Yeah. He was sitting in that airplane or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So Glenn Howerton's also in this. He's not like one of the main dudes. Uh, Hillary Swank is like the main antagonist. And then um, one of the actresses from uh, Glow is also uh, in this movie. She's actually like the, I guess, final girl. At least that's what it seemed like. Yeah, the blonde one definitely seems like it. Yeah, so that's uh, Betty Gilpin. And it looks pretty cool. It, it looks like it's got a good cast. I mean, the cinematography and stuff like didn't wow me. But it looks like it could be a fun sort of, I don't know, Hunger Games style movie you know yeah like some uh like hunger Games slash battle royale type shit yeah exactly it's just not like on an island exactly it's in like fucking arkansas no, or croatia arkansas. it's at hr oh. hrvatska that's oh. croatia yeah so just some like crazy in the middle of nowhere yeah <laughs> european town of course it has to be so yeah september 27th in theaters that one's coming out and uh that's gonna be it for the news guys Stick around in our first official segment. We have got a classic horror film. I guess this one's probably considered a, a quite a bit of a classic. Uh, it's going to lead off our discussion about portrayals of the devil. We're going to do that in the cult corner. Mm-hmm. 
And in this week's Cult Corner Fiends, we have a truly devilish classic. Uh, I would definitely consider this movie a cult classic now just by its general reputation, but uh, The Devil's Advocate from 1997. Starring Keanu Reeves and one of the greatest to ever do it, Al Pacino. Yeah, and uh, I, I definitely have some thoughts about that for sure, but why do you think uh, this movie is a cult classic? I think Al Pacino's performance as you know John Milton slash Satan, I think Al Pacino's the one who started this like eccentric devil persona because back in the day, as you see from like the Twilight Zone, the Howling Man, the devil was like this guy in a cape and horns, and he was just like a liar and malicious and... Mm you know that type of stuff you know like he just had an evil look to him as opposed to john milton he was the more like low-key eccentric super energetic really happy kind of guy mm -hmm. that you really wouldn't expect to be the devil and then he brought in some existential questions at the end to kevin and rants about god and about how you know satan doesn't like control anyone he just sets the stage you make your own choices this and that and like I mean, we, we see after this, like, there's a lot more movies that tried to, like, not movies, but even in TV, like, they tried to emulate that Satan persona about, like, oh, free will and, you know, things of that nature. Like, he, this was the more eccentric, once you figure out he was Satan, he was out there with it. He was just giving everything away, explaining everything. He didn't try to, like, stick to his mystique, you know, be mysterious or anything. He's just like, all right, look, this, 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 this. And here you go. He was just really, really out there once Kevin figured out who he was. Yeah, exactly. Because before that, I I wouldn't really say it was completely obvious. Obviously, we know that he is just with prior knowledge. But, yeah. you know, if, if you weren't watching this movie with any of that prior knowledge, really before like that church scene, I mean, you might have guessed like, all right, something's weird with this guy. But oh, yeah. I don't know if you would have. No, that, church that he scene. was the devil. Yeah. That church scene was so badass. It, it was cool, yeah. But I, I did want to say, you know, you were right because a lot of uh, portrayals in cinema of the devil before this movie, he was uh, portrayed as like very evil and powerful and malicious, like you said, you know. And I really, I think it was just trying to be sexy. Yeah. Whereas this movie, heavily inspired by paradise lost john milton yeah exactly that it's... connection inspired by dante's inferno and faust so you know the devil kind of is a combination of all these sort of influences but a lot of them are very similar oh yeah you know he's very like conniving scheming you you figured logically you know he would probably want to be unassuming yeah and i mean the appeal is obviously al pacino but his character is pretty unappealing I don't want to say unappealing, but it just doesn't have that same like gravitas or I don't know, just eye catching. Like in a movie, we'll talk about a little bit later, but in Legend, yeah, right, Satan, darkness, whatever, very imposing, exactly, etc. And Al Pacino in this movie, not so much. Like, yeah, he's a big shot lawyer who can speak like all these different languages and. He's very seductive for some reason, even though, sorry, Al, you you weren't bringing it yeah. in that movie or anything, you know, maybe a Scarface, but anyway, not to insult him or anything. I'm just saying objectively. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, so he, he has this like weird aura about him, like, huh, there's something different about this guy. Yeah. But it's just not immediately obvious. So I think that was actually done really well. But I almost kind of wish that it didn't take so fucking long to get to that point either. Yeah. It's just these like very, very subtle hints that when you realize it and then you go back and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess it makes sense why that would have happened. Yeah. So the whole movie was very like that to me. And I think this is actually like my first real watch of this movie. So that's kind of how I felt, you know, leading up to the last whatever 30 minutes. Yeah. But that last 30 minutes was pretty good. It may have been a little bit too long. They were just like standing around talking. You know, he, Satan was trying to convince uh, Keanu Reeves to join him or whatever. 
but that was a cool scene very iconic scene you have to join me but also fucking impregnate your sister with the antichrist right yeah that would have been a a little shady for me yeah that's pretty weird (laughs) but a well-written well-acted scene the one where uh john milton gives his speech about god it seemed like he was just giving keanu like an acting lesson you know what i mean yeah. That's what it seemed like to me. <laughs> I mean, I feel you. Al Pacino really came through. I mean, he was definitely the star of this movie, but Keanu Reeves was no slouch. No, he, he did wasn't. a really good job. You know, Charlize Theron, okay. tw- 21 years old. At, For at, real? Yeah. At, she you know, did filming look those. young. And Keanu was 31. She did a great job, too, though. Yeah, and, like, they're, they're like, you kind of see their, like, relationship deteriorate throughout the movie and, like, how Satan told them, you know, you could have saved her. All she wanted was love, but you were involved with someone else yourself you know like and this whole movie was about even at the end he says vanity definitely my favorite sin yeah it it played the whole you know satan thing very well oh yeah don't get me wrong it just wasn't overt until the very end and really throughout the movie like yeah it was weird with the demons and everything but you could have gotten anything from that yeah you know leading up to he could have been a warlock last scene (laughs) right or you know whatever but no we mostly saw it through Charlize Theron's character's perspective, Marianne's. Yeah. Uh, which was interesting, I guess, because she was meant to be like the good guy in the situation ultimately. But yeah, I don't know. I, I thought she did a great job. It was very interesting. But, you know, the first two hours, though, still really kind of felt like a courtroom drama to me. Yeah, it really was. Other than the weird shit going on, like Eddie Barzoon getting killed by homeless people. <laughs> yeah. And like people just like trying to get involved with kevin and then they end up dying yeah i I totally agree with you and you know what was one thing that i kind of thought was weird about this movie i mean apart from it being very ambitious which maybe at times kind of didn't help it but there were some scenes where it was like obviously green screened oh yeah and you know i wasn't i wasn't too sure about those scenes but for the most part the movie visually looked good you know, cinematography was nothing special for me. No, same, yeah. But in uh, concept in general, like execution, because it was adapting a book, I think it did a good job. I totally understand why it's a cult classic. The performances mainly, I think, and the, and the twist, you know. But, man, it's a long movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty long. For me, I didn't really realize how long it was because, like, I was too, like, enveloped in the story, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wanted to figure out, like, what's the point of all this? That's what I kind of was asking myself. Like, all right, now he's a lawyer. He's in New York. And then his mom comes along and drops the bombshell that his boss is his dad. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And then the woman that you've been, like, pining after this whole time is your half-sister, which is, <laughs> is weird as well. But um, I'm actually, I-, I will admit, I'm not sure when the book came out, but... I did want to ask if you thought uh, if there were any sort of angel heart inspirations or influence here. Oh, yeah. The thing, Satan going full Satan after the protagonist finds out he's Satan. Yeah. Like, as soon as Keanu Reeves found out, like, you know, then Al Pacino's like, aha. And then when Mickey Rourke found out that Robert De Niro was like, Louis Cipher, Lucifer, even your name is a dime store joke. And then. Robert De Niro gives my favorite line in all of these devil movies. He goes, Mephistopheles is such a mouthful in Manhattan, Johnny. Like, I fucking love that. Yeah. I think you could argue that, like, Angel Heart and Devil's Advocate are in the same universe. Just maybe just different personas he takes on. Because, like, mm-hmm. you saw he had a he had a lawyer, Winesap, and Angel Heart, and he killed him. Same thing in Devil's Advocate. He killed Eddie Barzoon. That was one of his lawyers. So, like... Yeah. He probably infiltrated that system because he saw how dirty it was and then yeah i don't know man it, it can really tie in especially de niro and pacino like yeah and you know we saw that he could actually shapeshift essentially exactly. too so hey man if it's a movie conspiracy theory i'm behind it you know i I'm think into it that. is <laughs> i mean you know like i said i don't know I mean, when the book was written but li- listen to this where does angel heart take place new york mm-hmm. manhattan where does Devil's Advocate take place? Yeah. New York. Yeah. I mean, I think it's... Uh, Plus, he went to Louisiana in Angel Heart, too, so he can just be anywhere, really. He's yeah. literally like a gazillion years old. He can mm. probably do what he wants. Devil's Advocate, you know, uh, 
Keanu's from Florida. Yeah, he's so. like, he's a Southern Bell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hey, you know, I don't I don't know, but uh, that would be an interesting theory for sure. I will say though, De Niro's performance for me, I love it. <laughs> I like it a lot better than Al Pacino's. Al Pacino's great. He did a fantastic job. Personally, I get the whole uh, devil being, you know, like a kind of unassuming, conniving trickster or whatever. But like the Angel Heart guy, one, but he was just like calm swag but he was still witty he was witty as fuck and he was always like 10 steps ahead of you yeah he knew that what was going on the whole time he hinted to him he hinted to fucking johnny favorite mm-hmm. what was going on or harry angel yeah. he hinted to him the whole time what was going on and like he wouldn't believe him you know he thought this was just some fucking freak you know yeah. <laughs> trying to get his money or whatever the fuck i mean there were definitely foreshadowing moments and devil's advocate as well oh yeah like i mentioned though kind of to me at least they weren't as obvious because i mean even de niro as lucifer (laughs) clearly there's something up with this guy that maybe is not human he's got those fucking nails and then that fucking (laughs) pentagram ring yeah he has a cane he has really long hair that thick ass evil looking beard yeah i mean john milton's got it right too though you know Fucking lawyers are the worst. And if the devil was going to be any profession, he probably would be a lawyer. So, I like, don't know. I don't he think he'd <laughs> want to be out there that much. Well, but, you know, again, though, he's very, like, VIP status. Oh, yeah. But, so I don't know, maybe nowadays he just gets sick of it. You know, he's a uh, devil is pretty much basically obsolete nowadays. So, or, you know, he's hiding in plain sight. But, yeah, I mean, there is the show Lucifer, though. That shit. <laughs> Let's let's talk more about it, though, when we really transition into our main segment. We're going to do that very, very soon here. But yeah, Devil's Advocate, great film. Totally understand why it is a cult classic. Uh, for me, the courtroom drama stuff that takes up most of the film, not my favorite. So I probably won't like rewatch this. But for me, it was uh, with Marianne and Kevin. Like that was the big thing for me. Yeah. And then finding out that John Milton was his father was the first twist and the second twist was that he's a fucking angel of yeah. death <laughs> if that was the whole movie for me perfect you know but uh yeah that's all i had to say about the devil's advocate sam and i think it's a perfect opportunity to move on so stick around guys once again uh, we have some very brief sponsor messages and we'll be back with more devilish horror content on grave discussions Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Bryant. Catch me, E, and Brian on Pearson's Peace, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio Detroit Network, CRB, on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else you can find podcasting. Hey, Samuel. Hey, Barnabas. What's up? Oh, not much. Have you ever written a book? No, but I've written a musical. Oh. Well, you can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Aha, I hear countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly 100 years to bring their books to the market. Their professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, their authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books. So, make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Do not wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author. And seeing your name in print. Uh Aha. You've already written a book. Next thing to do is make this free call now to Dorrance Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. The number is 1-800-213-9259. Again, 1-800-213-9259. Welcome back, sinners. (laughs) We are... uh... Resuming our discussion on portrayals of the devil here on Grave Discussion. So we were talking about uh, the show Lucifer before the break. So Sam, I know you're very obviously uh, invested in all of these sorts of things and uh, horror. So how does the portrayal in the Lucifer show kind of compare to at least the ones that we've talked about so far in Devil's Advocate and in uh angel heart uh doesn't really compare in those he's conniving manipulative he wants 
what he believes he's due. He's kind of like smug, full of himself. In the TV show, he's kind of like literally the Hollywood Satan, mm-hmm. uh, angry at God, his dad, for being banished for you know exercising his free will and not wanting to like take part in like the bullshit that God has going on over there. Mm-hmm. He wants his freedom from his dad. He wants nothing to do with him. He doesn't want his dad to be involved in his life. He doesn't want to rule hell anymore. He doesn't lie in the TV show too. So that's the main difference. Like he doesn't lie. He doesn't like manipulate people, but he is selfish, egotistical. He's full of himself, but he's like emotionally scarred in the Lucifer TV show. He has like all these existential questions and wondering if his dad is manipulating him and wondering like what his purpose is. And, you know, he loves the detective Chloe and there's a lot of external forces at play that make him like kind of look on the inside and really like see like what struggles he's having and why Mm -hmm. and he with every case he tries to compare every case like when the the bad dude's finally caught to like his own life you know he'll be like like he'll see the person like his dad so he's like oh so you wanted to kill her because you couldn't control her she wanted she didn't want to do what you want and you manipulated her into doing it making reference to god trying to manipulate lucifer Mm -hmm. so like he learns about himself through these cases okay so do you do you really feel like that's a a fair portrayal i think it's fair yeah given given that timeline and what happened in that timeline it would be understandable why you know he's not this evil guy who tries to commit acts of like you know like evil he's just like this regular you know former angel yeah that's like the main focus in the show like he's a former angel who just turned into this evil guy because he had to rule over hell and really in the show he's not evil he punishes people who are evil so he's like a he's he's justice basically and people still view him as the bad guy yeah i mean i i asked that because you know i can see i think how some people would maybe feel like while it's probably a good performance it's probably a good show you know the sort of figure of satan or lucifer was given mostly just like the fox treatment yeah. originated on fox and you know it was it was a detective series basically i mean yeah it's a crime drama yeah with it's supernatural elements yeah it's supernatural it's centered around lucifer obviously but a lot of it has that kind of procedural you know detective show shit to it you know week in and week out there's like a different case or whatever but uh yeah i think it definitely stands out just because of that kind of unique portrayal However, I still think, you know, the portrayals of uh, Pacino and De Niro in those movies, you know, it fits too. So it kind of seems like Satan or Lucifer as a figure, the devil, really could kind of take all these different forms. I mean, we've even seen it just in regular like possession movies, you know, we don't even necessarily see the devil, but is he like the primary antagonist? yes exactly so i mean what do you think about those kind of portrayals as well i i feel they're kind of like lazy if anything the devil wouldn't be busy like taking over a person you know if he is like the source of all evil Mm -hmm. and like he has to do all this plotting and stuff i'm sure he wouldn't be possessing like a teenage girl he'd get some lower tier demons to do it Mm -hmm. and which we do see in a lot of these possession movies too but and stuff even like the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. Lucifer Legion. is like one of the six demons or something that are possessing her. And it's like, why? <laughs> you know? Well, then we kind but, of find out at the end of the movie, like all those cuts were like self-inflicted. She had mental yeah. disorders. So yeah, which it can be disguised as a lot of the time too, like a, you know, psychological thing. Yeah. Which I understand that obviously throughout history, the devil has, you know risen to this status as the ultimate antagonist yeah you know it's that christian fear and and all that yada yada makes for you know a consistent sort of all powerful evil yeah in these horror movies which a lot of horror movies are about so uh but yeah we we discussed legend earlier that was one of the most like you know what you think of the devil yeah when the you, devilish portrayals the, the giant horns red skin evil yeah the hooves. totalitarian yeah. controlling yeah kidnaps a woman that's what you'd expect 
Yeah, he was the Lord of Darkness, basically, exactly. in the show. And as Darkness, he essentially was the exact opposite of all that is good. Yeah. And so, in that way, I think actually was a very good portrayal. You know, whether you want to argue if Satan is really, you know, pure evil or the source of all evil or whatever. But, yeah. That's, uh, that's what I think about that portrayal. There have been a lot of other portrayals as well pretty unique ones like the prince of darkness john carpenter's uh 1987 portrayal doesn't even feature you know really satan but that like the essence of satan well then he gets he takes over this one chick's body and then mm -hmm. she goes and gets that mirror or whatever tries to conjure satan's dad which what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah uh, that yeah that was uh that was pretty crazy and alice cooper yeah alice cooper <laughs> shows was up it. for some reason I mean, I don't know, maybe that guy, that guy probably does know Lucifer, right? for all we know, but uh, there was that, um, the witch with Black Phillip. Yeah, Black Phillip was pretty, badass. Pretty interesting, yeah, again, it's like, why does he show up in this place all places and take a particular interest in this one girl, but. Then there's the devil in the movie Devil. Yeah. Which is the old lady. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, that was a good film, don't get me wrong. It was, I don't know why people hate that film so much. Yeah, and at least, you know, again, it's kind of a unique portrayal. It was a cool movie. You were trying to figure out what the fuck was going on the entire time. No, you could never find out. I would have never suspected the old lady. No. Yeah, I don't think I would have either. But, you know, hey, again, it's hiding in plain sight, that unassuming personality. But still a pretty unique concept. Felt very claustrophobic. Y you know, just different than all of the, uh, you know, kind of suave-looking handsome guy in a black suit maybe with a cane maybe not with some kind of pointy fucking goatee yeah you know i mean that was that sexy satan now it's kind of more creative what do you think kind of influenced that whole transition and do you think it's better for it i don't know i think the the less people got religious the less they accepted the whole Satan is this suave-looking guy who is manipulative and this and that to, like, I don't know. I think they, like, gave up, like, on that because, like, we've just seen it so many goddamn times. Mm -hmm. And ever since Paranormal Activity and Insidious came out, like, I think that's when everyone's like, you know what? Let's make the devil take this more demonic look. He's evil. There's no doubt about it. It's not an existential question. He really is evil. Mm -hmm. He... He can take any form. He's not just a suave-looking guy in a black suit, you know, this and that. Yeah, I can I can see that completely. I mean, horror in general has really shifted, and people's perception of it has shifted so much that you got to do something different because with all the remakes and all that bullshit, you know, if, if you don't kind of separate yourself, then nobody's going to care, or they're just going to flame you on the internet. Yeah, so, <laughs> which is what usually happens. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, it, it's cool, though. I uh, I kind of appreciate it. There's even been some interesting portrayals, like in the little-known movie that I actually have seen. It was interesting, The Devil's Carnival. I've heard 2000, of it. From 2012. It's about an hour long, right? It's Yeah, something like that. And I can't quite remember, but I'm pretty sure there's, like, some musical numbers in it. But it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's worth a watch if you're into this kind of stuff specifically. One that we haven't even mentioned yet. Constantine. Constantine. I knew you were going to say that one. <laughs> yeah, Satan portrayed by uh, Peter Stormare. He was badass. Yeah, fantastic actor. His portrayal also a little bit different because it was given that sort of comic book treatment. Yeah. Obviously with it being Constantine. I still think uh, two of the best devils besides uh, Louis Cipher from Angel Heart. Definitely has to be Lucifer from the Supernatural TV show. Okay. Because he's like straight up exactly what you'd expect him to be. And also... Um, I, I will cut you off real quick. I will say I don't know if I fully expect him to be walking around in like, you know, fucking opened button down shirt. Yeah. And like a t-shirt underneath. But yes, can continue. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's what he would be. He would just be okay. in... He just looked like a regular old dude. Yeah. But once you start talking to him, he's like, I am Lucifer. And he shows you and you're like, fuck. And then another one that's just as good is from the movie The Prophecy. Oh, yeah. That dude is fucking eerie. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen Aragorn is himself. terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I wish that he was kind of back in his heyday. I mean, he was in Green Book, which won Best Picture. 
So, I mean, there's that, but, you know, the whole era around when he was in, like, this movie and when he was in Lord of the Rings, dude, that guy, that guy was great. He with amazing. the long hair and everything. Yeah, he, he was a great uh, devil. I like the stuff he said, like, I can lay you out and fill your mouth with your mother's feces yeah. or we can talk. He just really didn't give a fuck and at he, all. When he was talking to her, he's like, you see... I want to do this not because I love you, you little bitch, but because two hells is one too many. Like the Chucky of devil portrayals. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty great. I will say, uh, I, I do want to see Leland Gaunt portrayed by Max von Sydow in Needful Things. Uh, in the movie specifically, I, I guess, actually is like Satan. Uh, in the book, I think he's just like some demon, but uh, I do want to see that movie. I will say, besides De Niro, I think my favorite personally uh, has to be Tim Curry's yeah. Darkness. Uh, but some other good portrayals didn't even mention Jack Nicholson. Oh yeah, <laughs> in Witches, the Witches of, of Eastwick. Eastwick. Uh, also, all these like really great, like what you would consider now legendary actors portraying the devil. Uh, all right, I'll ask one more question before we move on to our last devilish selection on this episode because we already got kind of our favorites if you had to pick one actor male female whatever to portray the devil in a movie who would you want to have like modern day yeah if there was like a new movie a new movie i would say heath ledger but he's dead so yeah. let me all right so i know it's gonna sound a little weird okay is this like your legit pick I, I think I'd have to go with him, yo. Okay, who is it? Christian Bale. Okay. That would be nuts. That would be really interesting, yeah. Because he can pull off that suave shit easy. If you make him have the long hair and the beard, it's a wrap. Just make him like Patrick Bateman, but not Reserved. quite as, yeah, like, obviously because he's a human, not quite as insane <laughs> Yeah. as that, but yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think mine, I kind of had two in mind, but I think this one makes... A little more sense. All right, I have a biased pick. All right, give, me bo- give, me, give me both of yours. The biased pick it has to be my favorite actor of this generation, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. Which, I mean, yeah, it could it could work, you know. He's just great, but my actual pick might be Mads Mikkelsen because, I don't know, the dude just has that kind of look. He's got the menacing accent. He's got just that... I don't know, just that intimidating personality. Can I change my pick? Okay, sure. Okay, Willem Dafoe. Okay, I knew I knew you were gonna like that think would be about fucking that. nuts. That would be crazy. Yeah. That would be fucking crazy. I think after seeing the lighthouse, it'll just like confirm it. Like, yeah, this guy can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's so underrated, yo. He's like one of the best actors ever. He's great. Oh, he's yeah, he's phenomenal. <laughs> all right, so uh, I think that's uh, about all I have to say about. The devil portrayal is kind of in earnest, but we have one more selection that we're going to talk about. And this one, also a pretty unique portrayal of the devil. We're going to discuss that on this week's Chopping Block. (coughs) So on the Chopping Block, we examine a new horror film to hit streaming services. This week, we've got I Trapped the Devil, which just came out on Hulu. And uh, this movie, directed by Josh Lobo, actually his debut film, stars A.J. Bowen, Scott Poitras, and Susan Teresa Burke. Now, this movie, like I kind of alluded to, also an interesting portrayal of the devil, but also kind of that unseen presence. Yeah, because in this one, you weren't even sure what the fuck was going on until at one point he called the chick by her name. Yeah. But, Which was kind of weird, like, hey. But, like, you know, he could have just heard them talking upstairs. Mm. But then, like, yeah. why would he fuck with her? Then that would, like, ruin his chances of getting out. Yeah, so that was kind of the, the question of this movie was, what's actually going on here? Is this the devil? Did he actually trap the devil? Because we come across uh, A.J. Bowen and Susan Burke's characters, Matt and Karen, uh, who are a couple up to visit the guy's brother. Yeah. Uh, Steve, portrayed by Scott Poitras, and he's kind of like bugging out. He's really he looks freaked out schizo. and weird. Yeah, he's got a whole bunch of pictures in his attic about unrelated like crimes, and he's like drawing lines from one to the other. As 
I lived with someone with schizophrenia. They like make, they like come to conclusions that make no logical sense, but in their brain, because of the way that it works, it makes sense to them. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, how he's presented to the audience at first. And I mean, just seeing the movie, you're kind of like, okay, well, there's probably something going on. I'm not sure what, but maybe he's not crazy. Yeah. Or he is because we don't really see like a ton of evidence you know, before everything kind of happens at the end that would tell us like, okay, that really is the devil or that isn't the devil. So we're kind of taking down this mental road trip of like, okay, is he telling the truth or is he just going crazy? It's, it's definitely got that sort of mysterious factor to it. Like it wants you to really just take a guess and it does give you some, some hints in the story because I actually obviously I won't say what it is but at the very end what happens kind of makes sense if you uh, remember some certain dialogue that he talked about like man's evil and pure evil and why some things happen and stuff like that yeah he did talk about stuff like that but there was actually like a clue kind of given in one of the discussions if you guys know what I'm talking about definitely let me know I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it Sam but no, it's just, it would be a spoiler, so I don't want to outright say it. But some interesting sort of, not Easter eggs, but hints kind of dropped here and there to suggest what could actually be going on. Was it because they visit him out the blue? Mm-mm. No. Because I remember he mentioned, he's like, you guys don't call me for two years, and, you know, evil manifests itself in certain ways. And, you know, I felt like someone was going to come here for some reason and free it or whatever. I mean, I, I certainly think there are actually some cool theories as to why what happened in this movie happened. So it's definitely got that sort of intriguing quality to the writing. However, a lot a lot of it pretty slowly paced uh, in some areas, not really a ton going on, just sort of sitting around and talking. So that was kind of one of my gripes with the movie but the whole time it basically does play into that is he crazy that whole paranoia thing so at least it's effective in that yeah um but we haven't even talked about the aesthetics of this movie yet there was barely like the christmas tree lighting was just made it even more depressing i don't know why yeah. it just made it super creepy and just the low lighting in every room made it that more like i don't know it gave it this ominous feel to it you know yeah. like i was just like something was wrong and then like for some reason when they went to the basement and that red lighting yeah it's like well i trapped the devil let me change these light bulbs make them all red down here yeah yeah we didn't actually mention that but it does take place during christmas too which is yeah i guess interesting i mean i think it's just that parallel between the devil figure and the like you know whole not holy but christian holiday yeah of christmas you know um but yeah the lighting because of it was pretty cool just the whole set decoration was interesting because of it. it gave it some you know flair but the whole movie looks like a pretty authentic old film you know they use that either they shot on film or they use that grainy effect to achieve it so even though it's probably low budget due to that sort of retro aesthetic i think it absolutely feels like a cinematic film yeah definitely you know? Uh, so I liked that. Was there any real relevance to actually having it with what happened in the movie? Eh, I don't know. I think that's just completely like subjective. Like yeah, you can argue either for or I mean, you know, for or against. But mm. I don't know. I just feel like it's just subjective to like how you felt. You know? Yeah, I liked it. You know, it even had some of that synthy score to it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, which was cool. But you know, it definitely felt it, more of like a. A style choice this here. is definitely one of those experimental horror films though mm -hmm. well because like the the lack of too much dialogue not that much exposition and the Ooh. yeah that's similar at times yeah felt like hagazusa <laughs> yeah sort of except a lot less slow moving yeah uh maybe not quite as like existentially just dark and depressing as that movie and fucked up but this one had some cool moments, mainly reserved for like the last, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes it felt like though, but it had a pretty decent buildup. 
overall, I, I liked how it was presented. wasn't super relevant, but that was fine. And the story was okay. I mean, it was just the three characters for the most part. And so it felt kind of isolated. I don't know. I thought overall it was pretty worth a watch. And for me, it's not chopped. Not chopped for me either. And fun fact, this was a tribute to the Twilight Zone episode, The Howling Man. Yeah. Where the story is basically the same. I, I saw uh, that clip. You showed me a clip before the show. You got to check it out. It looks pretty I watched, sick. Yeah. I watched the whole, <laughs> after we watched the, uh, I Trapped the Devil, you know, he left and stuff. And I watched The Howling Man and that shit was badass. It was cheesy at some point. You're like, how'd you trap the devil? With the staff of truth. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like that old school Twilight Zone. So yeah. that silly shit was a little more forgivable. But I just want to know how, <laughs> how they got him behind that door. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, I maybe we'll never know. <laughs> but, okay, yeah, so that one's not chopped, guys. If you uh, have a Hulu subscription, check it out. Uh, we think it's uh, worth it. Definitely one for kind of a, a slower night, I would say, if you're, uh, you know, into those kind of suggestions. But go check it out. Let us know what you think. You can connect with us on social media. We have a Facebook and Instagram where you can find us by our handle grave discussions and then on twitter we are grave disc srd you can also go check out the website gravediscussions.net and make sure you tune in next week where we do cartwheels for charity on grave discussion <laughs> This has been an SRD production.